Welcome, Nationals fans, to episode 22, first of 2019, of the Curly W Live podcast. My name is Kyle Brostowitz, and I am coming to you from the Curly W Live studios here at Nationals Park on a snowy Friday afternoon. Uh, thank you once again for checking into the podcast, and we are about uh, two weeks away from first pitchers and catchers workout of the 2019 spring training, and on a Friday afternoon like this, I think all of us are excited about the possibility of uh, being down in West Palm Beach in just under two weeks. So once again, thank you for checking in to this episode of the podcast. Uh, remember, you can listen to the podcast, including all past episodes, through our blog, which is curlyw.mlblogs.com, and through iTunes by searching Washington Nationals Podcasts. Um, as we've mentioned before, the podcast can also be found on Art19, Blueberry, CastBox, Google Podcasts, uh, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podknife, Radio Public, and Stitcher. So a lot has been made of the changes to Washington's 40-man roster this offseason, but the next few episodes of the podcast, starting with this one, uh, will focus on the roster moves on the broadcast side. As you may have seen, Masson has made some changes to their on-field reporter and pre- and post-game show positions, so this series of podcasts is going to focus on those changes, and we'll talk to um, each person, that uh, whether they're changing roles or joining the the broadcast um, in general, we're, we're going to dedicate an episode to each person's friend of podcast. Dan Kolko is moving from the on-field role to the host of Nats Extra, which is the exclusive pre- and post-game show of Nationals uh, broadcasts on Masson. And joining him as the analyst on those shows will be former Nationals third base coach and Houston Astros manager Bo Porter. So it'll be Dan and Bo pre-game, post-game for you in the 2019 season. And we'll be doing a podcast with Dan and Bo in the coming weeks, so be on the lookout for that. But today's guest on the podcast is the new on-field reporter from Mass and Broadcasts. Uh, her name is Alex Chapel. Uh, in our interview, we get into her um, history. She's she's local to the D.C. area, her career path, and some other topics. So look for interviews with Dan and Bo on future podcasts. But we'll start with a pretty fun and pretty entertaining conversation with Alex Chapel. So without further ado, here is episode 22 of the Curly W Live podcast. Enjoy. All right, and we are joined in the Curly W Live studios here at Nationals Park by Alex Chapel, uh, who has had a very exciting offseason. She was hired as the new on-field reporter for Masson, uh, also got married. So congrats on everything this offseason, and thank you for taking the time to join us. Kyle, thanks so much for having me in today and thrilled to join the Nats family. All right, now you mentioned before we got started, this is your first ever podcast? <laughs> first one. All right, yes. well, I'm, I'm honored that you are joining us for your first one. So as of this recording we did get a few fan questions we solicited them uh, the last day or so and i want to jump to this first one right away um, because it relates to the conditions outside of nationals park so uh, right off the bat uh, nats hr to win wants to know uh, which weather do you like better uh, tampa or dc <laughs> well this is my hometown so i'm going to go with dc but this time of year it is brutal. It's when you wish you were in Florida. Um, but during the season, no, there's nothing like summer nights in D.C. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all thinking about summer nights right now and spring training nights. I have my whiteboard right now. I leave in about 10 days to go to Florida. Um, first pitchers and catchers workout is, I think, in 14 days or 13 days on February 14th. So we're all thinking about warmer climates uh, this time of year. Like the countdown. You <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So like you mentioned, you're a D.C. native, specifically um, of now you live in McLean, but you grew up in Bethesda. Is that correct? Yes, I grew up in Bethesda. We went or I went to Walt Whitman High okay. School. Um, so we lived 
just Cabin John area. Okay. All right. Yeah, and uh, and now my husband and I we live in the McLean Tyson's nice. Corner area. First off, you're covering your hometown team. Um, how exciting is that for you? Um, are you ready to go? Is is this kind of like a, a dream job in a way? But uh, you know, how cool is it to be covering your hometown team? Kyle, you said it. It is a dream job. This is something the last decade that I've worked for, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you go into the industry with big aspirations. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, I had always watched Masson, mm-hmm. Amber Theo Harris, right. uh, Christina Acra. Yep. Those were people that I would watch and admired and so to have the opportunity mm. now to work for mass and covering the nationals mm. it really is a dream come true uh, you me- you told me a story when we were talking about doing this podcast about you and your dad going to an orioles expos game back in the day <laughs> can you tell listeners kind of what went on that night and uh, kind of how it relates to your role now yeah so my dad and i and i Hey, he he played in the Red Sox organization. Okay. All right, so baseball so family. Baseball yeah. family. Um, whenever we would go to Camden Yards, it was normally because the Red Sox right. were in town. Right. But um, this this happened to be the Expos came to town, mm. and my dad he wanted to go to the game with me to check out the team that was coming to right, DC, right. and okay. uh, it was great. You know, I remember going to the game with him, and he said, "Hey, this is." The Expos are coming mm. to D.C. We haven't had a team in D.C. since the Washington Senators. Right, right. Um, my dad grew up in Maryland as well, mm. or Bethesda area. He went to Walter Johnson okay. High School. Of course, named Walter Johnson. Pitcher, yep, yep named after the pitcher who played for the Senators. So it was, um, you know, it was just a big, a, I guess, an exciting time mm. knowing that we had a team finally coming back to D.C. That's awesome. So did were you quick to switch allegiances from from the Red Sox <laughs> and from the Orioles uh, to uh, to the, the the young nationals well I like to say that you can have an American League team <laughs> and go. a National League team but yes no this is my home team and okay. absolutely uh, s- switched quickly to the Nationals now we have a uh, along those lines we have another fan question from uh, Jake Nats 24 uh, as you mentioned you grew up in Montgomery County um, did you go to many Nats games whether it was RFK or here at Nats Park I did, yes. And actually, when we started to go more, um, was here at Nats Park right. when, uh, so I'd come home from summer, for the summer from mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. and uh, we'd always take the metro in, mm. or, you know, I guess, gosh, back then it was probably cabs. I don't know if we had Uber yet, right? <laughs> no, we definitely didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, would, yeah, taking a game with friends, and mm-hmm. it was a great way to catch up with right. my high school friends. Mm-hmm. So uh, We're going to get to your new role in a bit and your addition to the uh, the broadcasting team, but give listeners a uh, little bit more about yourself. Uh, so where did you go to college? The University of Alabama, okay. Roll Tide. Okay. Well, not this year, but it's all right. <laughs> Can't win them all, I guess. <laughs> uh, what kind of drew you to the University of Alabama from living in Northern Virginia? Yes, yeah, so well, we started this podcast right. talking about the weather. I wanted to go to a place that was warm, but I also mm-hmm. wanted to go to a big sports okay. school. Always very passionate mm-hmm. about sports. So I had checked out a lot of the SEC schools, okay. and whatever it was about Tuscaloosa, <laughs> I just fell in love All with right. it. And um, Nick Saban came my sophomore year. Okay. My senior year, he won his first national championship mm-hmm. at Alabama. But uh, when you think of the Tide, you think of winners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sports fan growing up? Now, yes. who were some of your favorite uh, teams and players uh, across all sports, not just baseball? Yeah, so growing up in this area, um, used to be a big Redskins mm. fan, Clinton Portis. Okay. Um, uh, for the Red Sox, always loved Big Poppy, mm-hmm. David Ortiz, Johnny Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but those were some of the guys that I remember just always watching being big fans right. of when I was when I was little. Did you play any sports growing up? I did. I played ladies golf on okay. our high school club team. Right. I was on dance team in high school. Okay. And then I played softball um, up until, I guess, right into middle school. Mm. But this is, I got hit in the face with okay. a ball. And uh, I said, I'm better off talking about <laughs> the sport <laughs> than playing go. the sport. <laughs> hey, I always say the uh, the game tells us when we're done playing whether yeah. we're whether we're we've done we're done in high school college uh, i've heard it from you know professional athletes too the game generally tells you when you're done and for some <laughs> that's when it came for you yes i was <laughs> done <laughs> um so from a, of a broadcasting and media perspective when you were you mentioned amber and, and christina who are tremendous in, in their roles here in this in this market did you have any you know favorite broadcasters favorite tv personalities favorite media members Growing up, you know, in middle school, high school, and into college, that yes. you kind of followed and, and admired. Huge fan of Tim Brandt. Okay. He was at WJLA mm-hmm. ABC Seven here in DC. I interned for him. Oh wow. Um, back in the day, but he was just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I remember. So Arch Campbell, mm-hmm. he was not a sports anchor, but he did entertainment for NBC okay. Four here for a long time, and he was a mentor for me. He told me when you go to college and you start in journalism, mm-hmm. you need to pick an avenue, whether it's news, right. sports, weather, mm-hmm. entertainment, pick an avenue. Mm-hmm. And that really inspired me. So I started watching, you know, various channels, mm-hmm. and I thought, which, where could I really right. see myself going into? And so that's when I really started to watch a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. And at that time, a lot of women started okay. breaking into sports, yeah, more sure. so than in the past. And so I think, you know, Erin Andrews, mm-hmm. she was a huge face right. on college football. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely Amber Theo Harris, Christina mm-hmm. Acra, mm-hmm. Aaron Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, I mean, big, big Bre- stars that I'd watch. Uh, do you remember what your first broadcasting job out of college was or whether it was in college? If you have a funny story about those, those roles. Yes. Yes. So my, uh, as soon as I got to the university of Alabama, I, I knew I wanted to go into broadcasting. So when you're a freshman, you can only, you start with radio okay. before you can go into TV. So started at the local radio station or campus radio station, and then um, and I remember my first press conference interviewing Mike Shula. Okay. I was so nervous. <laughs> I never looked up from my piece of paper to ask him a question. <laughs> so that was a good experience. But yeah. uh, and then um, from that point on, I, I started working at the campus TV station mm-hmm. WVUA. I'm always grateful to Gary Harris because he hired me mm-hmm. to be on air, and I can only imagine what some <laughs> of those packages turned out like <laughs> nice. in stories. But then um, from there, when I graduated for two years, mm-hmm. I worked at um, w or at, at the CBS affiliate mm-hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama. And so I was in Birmingham for a few years before um, coming up back to D.C. for a little, and then I worked in Boston the local NBC affiliate uh, covering all the teams in Boston for three years. Uh, so the last few years, you've been covering both college football for uh, ESPN and the SEC Network. Uh, a lot of bowl games. I, s- I noticed this past bowl season, which was great to see. In addition to your time with the Rays um, and TBS during the 2017 ALDS. So let's go through some of your experiences um, covering those. Um, some great moments and some thoughts. Yes, I... Covering college football, I've done that the last three years for ESPN. 
two years ago, I had the opportunity to cover Alabama in the national championship. That was really special, covering my alma mater. And you don't, you're never biased, you know. But it's a moment like that when the confetti falls and you get to be there. It's 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 a really unique and um, it's an incredible experience. Then, as far as covering baseball, I mean, I grew up a baseball fan. Uh, baseball's in our family, so it that was it was my first year covering. Um, you know, there's a difference I would say between covering baseball as a local right. sports reporter and then being with the team day in day out. So working with the Rays, it was their tremendous organization, really great team. Kevin Cash, their manager, uh, was wonderful to work with, and they had a great season. I mean, right. uh, their expectations were pretty low in 2017. They were competitive up until um, September, and then things started to fall off. But the AL East. Quite, always tends to be a powerhouse, and um, so I had covered the ALDS for TBS that postseason, and it was the Red Sox-Astros series, and the Astros just came out and lit it up, and that team, I mean, when you talk about clubhouse energy, every single player was feeding off of each other. You never knew who was going to step up that day. They just, they, it was incredible. I remember Alex Bregman hitting uh, a home run off of Chris Sale, mm -hmm. and it was that was. I mean, I think that just it changed the momentum. Um, and then he did it again right, against right, right. Chris Sale at Fenway Park. Right. So it was uh, that was a really fun series to cover. Um, but so many special moments. I think you know, starting out in Boston, I had the opportunity to cover the Red Sox during their twenty or two thousand thirteen World Series run, and. The ALCS, game two, they're down 5-1, bottom of the eighth. Mm -hmm. And David Ortiz hits a grand <laughs> slam. That's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, grand slam, home run, uh, ties the game. And that was something I'll never forget getting to see. I mean, you could feel the electricity. And when he hit that grand slam home run, it was just those are moments that you feel really lucky we right. get to do what we do. It kind of – you could – Hearing you talk that way about those moments, it's kind of it helps me recall some of the moments we've had at Nationals Park over the years, um, whether it was Jason Worth's home run or some of the stuff that Bryce Harper did over his, his career here, um, and some other great moments with Max Scherzer's no hitters, um, you know, and his 20, 20 strikeout performances. So it's it's it, I definitely understand the, um, the the feeling that you get from you know being in a in a moment like that. It, it's kind of it's not overwhelming, but it kind of fills you up and makes like you said makes you feel like you know this is why we do it. You mentioned a couple players, a couple coaches. Have any have any stuck out to you along the way? The ones you guys you really like to work with or talk to on a daily basis. Someone that maybe helped you along the way or. So former Nationals player Steven Souza Jr. Okay. <laughs> uh, I covered him when he was with the Rays, mm -hmm. um, but he just tremendous. I mean, and he he shared a lot about his background, how he went through a lot of changes off the field mm -hmm. uh, to become the man that he is today, and then. Um, just he was a fun player yeah. to cover always wanting to talk with the media you know always available but it just he and then he would be open with you know after maybe you'd interview him he's like why'd you ask me that you know <laughs> do, and I always appreciated right. the feedback too you know so it was um really enjoyed working with Steven Souza Jr. um from in my time in Boston um this is probably going to be polarizing for <laughs> DC fans but uh Tom Brady is is special. He um, 
I'll never forget. I was trying to think, okay, how do I have a common ground? How do I even introduce myself to Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I said, wow, he, even when he was at the university of Michigan, he's, he was doing what he does now. And his last game for the, for Michigan, he came back in the Orange Bowl to beat Alabama. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to talk to him <laughs> about that game. Right. Um, and so, but I'll never forget going up to him and, and saying, um, excuse me, Tom, I'm Alex Cordry. I work for Channel 7. And he just shakes my hand. He goes, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I'm Tom Brady. Like, yes, I, know, I know who you yes, are. I know who you are. But that was really cool. Um, I think we've talked about david ortiz a couple times but he really is spectacular i mean that personality is so infectious um so he was great to cover as well i think um correct me if i'm wrong but i think a little bit of a small world moment here um during bowl season did you work with kevin brown i did yes. yeah so kevin um or not during bowl season, or but during the regular, during the regular season. season yeah so kevin uh he worked in our minor league system with the Syracuse Chiefs, and I think in, it was 2017. He we got called up to uh, do a series on the radio for us because our, our radio announcers had some. I think Charlie Slows had to take a weekend off, um, so we know Kevin pretty well around here. Between him and um, Jason Benetti, I don't know if you've ever worked with him. I've never worked with Jason, um, but Jason, I've heard just tremendous yeah. things about. And yes, Kevin Brown. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> I worked with him my first year. Um, covering college football okay. for ESPN. And we did the D3 national championship <laughs> together. Nice. We were, um, I want to say, is that Roanoke, Virginia, where they have it? I, it was so cold. And their press box was totally open for yeah. Kevin. I mean, we were all, but he, and then this past season, we've covered, we covered a couple games together. Specific to baseball, um, talk a little bit about your day-to-day uh, -day preparation for, for a game. What, what are you doing from the time maybe you get to the park or maybe earlier in the afternoon um, to, you know, when you're in game, when you're working on post game? What, what's a day like for uh, the on-field reporter in your experience? So when I look at my schedule, normally what I'll start at, you want to see the series, right, what they're going to play. So you kind of think in advance for these three days, what are some of the things that I'd like to highlight and talk about? Um, one thing with baseball, more of the stories are going to be your you're preparing them prior to the game or the series where football sometimes it's a lot of in-game you're responding to what's happening gotcha. on the field um, but also with that said the game is going to dictate your report right. so if you had a story about a pitcher and then all of a sudden he's getting lit up in that <laughs> first or second inning yeah. you're not probably going to do that right, story right, anymore right. Um, but a lot of it you know you'll just look at different features, different ideas, um, especially sometimes taking something from the night before. But there's always, um, I think that's fun with baseball. A lot of the questions you'll get asked, how do you come up with so many stories for 162 oh, yeah. games? Um, but that's the fun in it. That's the challenge of it. And you find that there's always something um, to cover. And that, that kind of gets me to our next, uh, my next point is we, uh, we have a lot of turnover on our roster this year. Yes. Um, a lot of new players. Um, the the offseason still, you know, we're still in offseason mode. It's February 1st, so there's still some time. So there's a lot of new, like I said, a lot of new guys, a lot of new players, a lot of new stories to tell. Um, our fans have kind of grown used to having the same group of guys together over the years. And now we've, you know, like I said, at this point, I think we have eight new players this year, and that's eight new stories. And some guys might have more than one story. So I think it's I think not only from your perspective but from our media's perspective and our team's perspective it's an opportunity to tell 
you know, get, tell more stories and get our fans really into these new players and have them hopefully fall in love with these players the same way they did with guys like Ian Desmond and Jordan Zimmerman and um, Daniel Murphy and guys like that who kind of stuck around for a while but um, you know, aren't with us anymore. It's a unique situation, and, and Dan, who was in the role for the past five, almost six years, he um, uh, one of the things he said that when I talked to him, what he loved is getting to bring those stories to life, like you point out, to Nationals fans. And so to have these new faces and to have the opportunity that you're around them every day, getting to know them off the field, um, it's, you know, you want to be able to share the – all the information right. with the fans and, and for sure share what you're seeing but then also I think your job as a reporter that you're asking the questions that fans want to hear so whether it's in a post-game interview or before a game interview um, that you're giving you're asking the questions and letting the players tell tell the stories as well so I wanted to wrap up real quick with our um, our last fan question and I was going to get into this as well because um, I don't know, you, you said you've met Dan and you've talked to Dan. Dan, um, over the years, has got many, many Gatorade baths, Gatorade showers. <laughs> uh, he got better at uh, dodging them. But at the same time, I think players ad adjust to the on-field reporters' uh, moves and, and agility as well. So uh, this fan comes from, or this question comes from Drew Douglas, VT. Um, so, number one, what are you most looking forward to on the new beat? And I think that's a great question to start with, too. But you know, what is your best strategy for avoiding post-game Gatorade showers? Uh, I'm looking forward to you uh, following your coverage this year. So we'll start with the first one. What are what are you most looking forward to on the new beat and when this new role entirely in general? I, I just can't wait to get down to spring training. Uh, it's a it's always the best way to get to know the team, get to know the players. Um, everybody's pretty loose. They're energetic. There's so much excitement about the season. So we all, our team, Mass, and we'll get down there um, February 19th and 20th. Yep. And it'll – on the calendar. Yep. So yep. just right after the first full squad right. workout. Um, but that's – I'm really looking forward to hitting the ground running and starting to get to know everyone. And it takes time. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. It will take time. But, you know, making introductions and getting to know people, that's, that's always, I think, a lot of fun. And then – uh, for the Gatorade baths, right? <laughs> or showers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I, okay, I, um, I mean, I think no. you got to have eyes in the back yeah. of your head and just be um, observant of what, you know, while you're asking yeah. that question, you kind of look over <laughs> the shoulder. But it's really tough when they bring the bucket. So I'm 5'2", I'm yeah. very short. So when they, if they have the bucket yeah. hidden behind the player, that's really tough because I can't see through. <laughs> so let's hope that they stay more so. I probably gave them my weak spot yeah. now, right? But uh, no, let's hope they stay more so on my side or behind me because you can move. Mm -hmm. If it's behind the player. Yeah, I've, oh, I've never been luck. in the position. I've never had to worry about it. But what I've, I think I've noticed over the years is I think you got to listen for fans too. Because I think fans start to cheer a little bit when they see a player coming out of the dugout. Oh. The fans behind the dugout, yeah, they start to cheer a little bit, and they, the anticipation might build, and you know you could know something's coming. And I mean, frankly, if we hit a walk-off home run, or you know Max throws throws another no-hitter, you know you got to almost expect it coming. Yeah, <laughs> that's all part of it. Absolutely. Well, uh, Alex, thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully, your first podcast uh, experience was a good one, um, and we look forward to all your coverage starting. I believe first Mass and broadcast is. Um, February 23rd. February 23rd, a night game against the uh, Houston Astros. So we look forward. We'll see you um, down in spring training in a few weeks. Kyle, thanks so much for having me on, and go Nats. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon.
Thanks again to Alex for braving the elements and coming in and visiting with us here in the Curly W Live studios. Also, thank you to the fans who tweeted us questions. We got some good ones. So, um, But I think the winner of the 2019 Media Guide will be Drew Douglas VT um, for asking about what Alex is uh, excited about um, enjoying the new beat and got us talking about uh, Gatorade showers. So uh, Drew Douglas VT, be on the lookout for a Twitter message from me and we'll be sure to get you uh, your prize. So like I mentioned in the intro to the podcast, we're going to check in with uh, Bo Porter hopefully this coming week. So be on the lookout for uh, a podcast with Bo. We're less than two weeks away from our first pitchers and catchers workout on February 14th and Shortly after that will be our first 2019 spring training game on February 23rd. So um, don't be discouraged by the snow and the cold weather. We're almost there, Nats fans, less than two weeks away from baseball. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the podcast is available in many spots, so check those out if necessary. If not, keep visiting the blog, uh, curlyw.nlblogs.com. So thanks again for listening, Nationals fans. We'll see you next time on the Curly W Live podcast.